Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. And, and I think what IJM is trying to do is really tapping into something special that, um, that sees results. And it makes me just want to advocate for this and want to get churches on board, especially in Canada. And what he's talking about is ending human trafficking and slavery around the world. Today is Day for Freedom. It's a day where we focus on putting a stop to human trafficking. Jeremy Johnson is our guest today. He's the senior pastor of Village Church. He's going to share a little bit about how their church is involved in this fight. He'll also talk a little bit about their involvement with International Justice Mission. We're joined today by Jeremy Johnson. He is the senior pastor at Village Church. You're also involved with IJM. Tell us a little bit about that connection and your involvement with that. Well, thanks, Colleen. Yeah, we are quite involved with IJM. We connected with them a number of years ago. We did a fundraising event with IJM where we raised almost half a million dollars for some of the work they were doing um, in Southeast Asia. And uh, it was a great event. And uh, I've since then been able to go into the field, visit their field offices, see some of the work that they do. And uh, since then, I just become really passionate about this. We, about a year ago, did a big push at our church for people to really get on board personally and support IJM. And we saw some amazing results out of that. So um, our church is kind of all in with IJM. Uh, we really see it as a very valuable partnership in what the church should be doing. But we also see it as a great uh, partnership in our witness uh, into culture and into uh, you know, Canada as a, as a country and the things that people care about. What was that experience like to be able to go to these field offices and actually be in there and experience what's going on? It's pretty life-changing. Um, the kind of work that IJM does is very difficult and at times it's very complicated. And that's one of the things we, you know, I personally love about IJM is that they're really trying to do the hardest stuff. I mean, if you're trying to eradicate slavery in the world, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big goal. So to be able to go and see the, the kind of operation that they run is pretty impressive because they, I don't think I understood how um, professional maybe everything was, you know, they have, they, they cover everything off. They have from everything from their drivers in some of these countries are the best drivers. You know, the lawyers are the best lawyers. The social caseworkers are the best social caseworkers. Um, all this stuff. And so you go and you see this. And, and the other part is obviously you see the need for it. You, you meet survivors and you see the problem of trafficking and uh, of slavery and these things. And, and then, you know, I've had the, the luxury of being able to go more than once to some of these, these areas. And then to even in my short time of going and then going back in, say, two or three years to see some of the change already happen, where you're seeing the police uh, force in that city, for example, involved in rescue calls that they weren't previously. Um, you know, you see the numbers of change, all this, but you see it with your own eyes. It's it's pretty life-changing, and obviously the people involved in it on the ground are just so inspirational. Uh, that, that that kind of changes your perspective in your life a little bit when you get to meet them and see how dedicated they are to such an incredible cause. You mentioned it a few times, it's life-changing. Do you have one moment in any of those experiences that really stands out to you that just brought you to your knees even and made you go, wow, 
this is unbelievable or I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, uh, what, what comes to mind actually is I, I went on the first trip to, uh, to this area and they, they took us to a uh, facility where they were rescuing and then trying to begin the rehabilitation process for young girls who had been um, trapped in sex trafficking and they were um, you know, being used throughout the brothels of this, this city. And uh, they were showing us the center and they said, look, here's our dream here. Like, this is a government thing. We just really want to help them do this way better. And we, we saw, you know, it was, it was kind of sad. You know, the building's a little run down. They didn't really get the kind of care that you wish these people, these, these kids, right, would get. Um, and, and, and we went back. I had the opportunity to go back a couple of years later. And um, I'm walking around the facility and it's completely different. You know, it's like there's, there's paintings on the wall the girls have done that look like pictures of hope. You know, you go into a room that was empty and it was concrete and dirty now it's a computer lab and they're learning things you know and and in both cases you know because it was kind of customary culturally you know they did these little dance performances for us uh which was really hard to watch to be honest um but the first time it was so sad and you could just feel this sadness about all of it um and the second time it was completely different it, there was like a joy happening in this I mean, that's just one little thing. I could probably tell you a hundred stories, but something like that really, that impacts you because you go, okay, I see what's happening here. Like this is, this is making a big difference. This is, this is a government changing how they're going to approach, you know, something like trafficked girls in a, in a, in a city or in a country. And that's, that's pretty special. It's not just something small. It's something small that has a huge impact. What do you, what would you say, from what you've experienced are some of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to um, human trafficking and slavery? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I think it, what I run into a lot here in Canada, I think, and in the church is I think there are misconceptions like maybe this is a political issue or something. Uh, people think this might be, you know, it depends on where you lean, how much you should care about this. Uh, and I totally would disagree with that. Um, I think the other thing on 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 trafficking, for example, is that uh, I think people think this is a, a problem for other places, and uh, it's not the case. This is everywhere, and a lot of it comes back to um, violence, and a lot of it comes back to um, whether people are actually just going to do what they say they're going to do. So, in a lot of the countries. Uh, that this, you know, where, where this is all happening, where IJM is specifically, it's actually them just trying to help them re like enforce their actual laws. I think people don't understand that too. It's not like in a lot of these countries, they want this. Uh, it's just, they're not enforcing laws. And so someone like IJM can come in and say, hey, we're not just, you know, bleeding hearts coming in to, to care. It's like, no, we're going to help you with expert lawyers, legal teams, um, uh, you know, even in, in the political world um, to make, change and to help your structures so that they can actually deal with this properly. Um, they're helping them help themselves in a sense. Uh, and, and that's, that's what's, what's kind of really interesting about this. Why is it so important to have a day like day for freedom where we shine a spotlight on this situation? I think it's really important because to me as a pastor, I, I, I think our church and the church in general, let's just say the Canadian church, for example, has 
an amazing opportunity uh, in this space. Um, it, you know, our culture is obsessed with this. And I don't know if we as churches or pastors really are attuned to that, uh, that conversation, but our culture is obsessed with this. This is why, you know, they, they try and seek out justice through, you know, cancel culture, um, through, uh, you know, lashing out online, <laughs> you know, in a comment section or whatever. This, this is the root behind all of that, which sometimes can get, you know, Christians worked up. The root behind that, though, is there's some passion in there for justice to be done. And I look at it and I go, well, what better opportunity do we have? Because, you know, this to me is one of our great mandates as the church. And we have an answer to that question for them. Uh, we have a way to to articulate what it is they're trying to articulate because we serve a God who is justice. <laughs> and this is core to what we believe, you know, in the kingdom of God, there's no injustice. So isn't that kind of a great story for us to tell? Isn't that something that we have the opportunity to lead in? Uh, because it's got such a cultural witness too. Um, and so I think a day where we can focus on this is just another opportunity. It's an opportunity, of course, for awareness, of course, for all these things. But it's an opportunity, I think. It's an opportunity for the church to say, look, world who's asking us whether we do any good or whether we don't. Uh, yes, we do, because we care about the things that um, you care about. And we want to see justice done, even in a greater way than you, um, probably, because really, if we understand it, it's at the core of everything we believe. What I love is how your church got involved with IGM. It started with a fundraiser and it's turned into so much more. Tell us about the impact that all of this has had on your church since you've been involved with IGM. Sure. So we um, we are involved in, I'd say, like global, national and city levels when it comes to uh, we would call it impact work. And um, of course, there's like traditional things like you know, missionaries and all this kind of stuff. But we really put a focus on this question of, are we going to be a church that does good or not? Uh, that that's really a big question. That's really, you know, the currency of our culture, the question that they're asking. And I think it's a valid question. So our church has really over the years embraced this idea of, Hey, we want to be innovative in how we practically make change and uh and we want to dream big on this so we want to do partnerships like this with ijm because um we want to see entire areas of the world eradicate justice because it's hard but we're behind it and we want to support it and i think you know even last year when we did our uh our freedom sunday where we highlighted ijm and we said look um to the people of the church we got to get behind this they saw numbers of people rise up and support and commit to being freedom partners of freedom uh, with IJM like they've never seen before. Uh, and it shocked all of us, actually. We were surprised, um, but in another sense, not surprised because, because it just goes to show over the years how much I think our people have, have really got behind this and really, really want to see the church champion this stuff. For those who are still maybe in a church where this isn't something they talk about or they have talked about it, but they're a little bit nervous about getting involved, what would you say to them? I, I mean, I would encourage them that 
they don't have a choice. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm being a little brash, but uh, it's, it's actually pretty simple for me. Uh, the formula is not hard. The formula for me is pretty simple. Um, what should Christians look like? Well, we should look like God's character. That's the point. We're supposed to reflect his character. And his character is, he is a God of justice. He has nothing to do with injustice. He has everything to do with justice. What's the church supposed to look like? Well, we're supposed to look like the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be this, you know, picture of what that kingdom ultimately is in the way we live. What's God's kingdom going to look like? Him. It's going to look like his nature and his character, which is what we said, which is a just one. So he's, you know, he's just and his kingdom will be about there's no injustice. That's the amazing thing about God's kingdom. And then what makes it his kingdom and so really, at the end of the day, we don't have a choice, I don't think, as the church. We are supposed to live in a way that as best we can, at least today, um, you know, there's the reality of the world and the reality of what we can and can't do right now. Um, but as best we can, I think, as the church, we are mandated to be living in a way that is trying to seek justice and live in a way where injustice does not happen. Um, and as Christians individually, we need to care uh, because God cares. I think it's pretty much that simple. Um, and so both as individual Christians, we need to be about this. And as the church, we need to be about this. And again, even if you just look at it from maybe an apologetic angle, uh, I don't think there's a greater currency that we can be playing with here culturally right now than this question. And so even from that angle as a church, uh, for, for people to understand, if you want to make an impact, you want to have a resonance in culture right now, this is just like served up on a platter for you uh, because this is what we're supposed to be about. Uh, this should be a win for the church. We should be able to lead in this um, and culture should be able to look at us and go, look what the church is doing. This is amazing. Listening to you, we can tell you are very passionate about this. And obviously there's reasons behind it, but tell us what makes you so passionate about being vocal about this and letting people know that this is something we need to do. I am passionate about it. I think you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's it's for a couple of reasons. I think there is just that basic, you know, theological reason. There's that there's that basic reason of I, I'm committed to the idea that that we're supposed to be doing this. But then there's a second reason, I think, which revolves around what, I, what I've been able to see um, in terms of results. Uh, we were, I had the, the, the privilege to go to the IJM annual conference gathering uh, of, of their staff and lots from around the world. And uh, this was uh, a year ago. And they announced in this, this, this meeting, they had a thousand or some IJM staff from all over the world in this uh, conference center. And uh, it was amazing. They announced that they had done some prevalent studies to see how their work had been going in an area of the world that we personally as Village Church were involved in with them, um, that our, our golf tournament had helped to fund the work and our ongoing uh, relationship with them was funding an office uh, in this area of the world. And they reported that in this area of the world, they, they found zero prevalence of minors in the, the, the brothel industry um, after the, the time they had done. And in this other area we were involved in, they found that bonded labor slavery had been eradicated 100% from, you know, a, a number of provinces 
and it was minimal, extremely minimal in uh, a few of the others in this area that we were involved with them in. And so you're sitting there and you're kind of crying, listening to this, you know, and everyone's standing ovations and everyone's cheering and applauding thousands of people in this room and IGM stuff. And you're going, this is possible. Like it's actually possible that we can do something here. And so I think it's both those things is why I'm so passionate because I both feel like we're supposed to, and I feel like it's doable. Like with anything's doable with God here. And, and I think what IJM is trying to do is really tapping into something special that, um, that sees results. And it makes me just want to advocate for this and want to get churches on board, especially in Canada. And like you said earlier, it gives hope. One thing that's great is not only when it comes to IJM, do they shine a spotlight on what's happening, but they shine a light on the hope that can come when you do fully go into this. Exactly. I totally agree. For those who are interested in learning more, maybe about your church or IJM, how can they go about doing that? Sure. Um, you can just go online to visitvillagechurch.com. Um, That's where our, our website is for our church if you want to learn more about us. Um, but then IJM.ca, of course, would be where you could go to learn more about IJM and what they're doing and how your church even can partner with it or you as an individual can get, can get more involved. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Of course, no problem. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.